Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results, made just for us. From the ultimate Girl Bomb grip to the professional grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girl Bomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb, available at Walgreens. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports and from business to history and everything in between, including your story. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. And this next story is brought to us by a listener, Mike Chapman, who listens to us on 1040 WHO out of Des Moines, Iowa. Abraham Lincoln is one of the greatest leaders in U.S. history, but... Prior to his being elected the 16th President of the United States, he used his skills as a wrestler to win approval from the masses. Mike Chapman has been writing about and researching wrestling for many years. He is also the author of The Sport of Lincoln. 
Here is Mike Chapman to share this turning point story in Abraham Lincoln's life. Aside from my passion for wrestling, I have long been intrigued by the history of U.S. presidents. That really began to blossom when I was executive editor of the daily newspaper in Dixon, Illinois, which is the hometown of Ronald Reagan. I was the editor there from 1989 to 1998. During that 10-year period, I discovered that Abe Lincoln had actually served in the very same location that is Dixon today. Lincoln served there during the Black Hawk War of 1832. And that fact really inspired me to learn more about Lincoln as a young man, which in turn led me to the little village of New Salem, Illinois. It is located about 200 miles south of Dixon and about 20 miles northwest of Springfield, Illinois. And what a wonderful place that is for any history buff. Abraham Lincoln was born on February 6, 1809 and raised in Kentucky. But when he was seven, the Lincoln family moved to Indiana. He grew into a strapping young man, nearly six foot four inches tall and weighing about 180 pounds. He first strolled into New Salem in 1831 as a 22-year-old looking for a new start in life. And soon he became engaged in an event that was destined to play a very important role in his career. It was called scuffling or grappling, and in modern terms, it is called wrestling. But first, a little background. Wrestling is often called mankind's oldest sport as it is a subject in some of the oldest pieces of literature known to exist. In the Epic of Gilgamesh, composed in ancient Sumer, which today is now known as Iraq, nearly 4,000 years ago, a wrestling contest between Gilgamesh, the king of the large city of Uruk, and a forest giant named Enkidu is an important feature of the saga. In the Bible, as described in Genesis, the Hebrew patriarch Jacob wrestles with the angel of the Lord. After a struggle that lasted all through the night, the angel gave Jacob a new name, Israel, which loosely translated means contested with God. Some of the greatest figures in ancient Greece, such as Theseus, Hercules, and Achilles, the most celebrated hero in the Trojan War epic known as the Iliad, were wrestlers. And there are drawings of wrestlers inside some of the pyramids in Egypt. Wrestling came to the New World with the first colonists back in the late 1600s. It flourished along the eastern seaboard and moved west with the men who carved homes out of the wilderness. And it was popular both as a test of manhood and as a form of entertainment in small villages like New Salem. It also attracted betting, which made it even more popular. Today, New Salem is a beautiful state park with over 650,000 visitors a year. It is possible to walk through the main gate and stroll down the same path that a 22-year-old Abe Lincoln traversed in 1831. The village was founded in 1828, and Lincoln lived there for about six years, serving as a surveyor, postmaster, store operator, and rail splitter. It was here that Lincoln got his first taste of politics when he was elected to the Illinois General Assembly. And it was also here in 1831 that the Lincoln legend first began to bloom thanks to wrestling. Lincoln came to New Salem because he had received an offer from a man named Denton Offutt to work in his little store situated on a bluff near the Sangamon River. They had met sometime earlier when Lincoln had worked for Offutt on his flatboat taking goods down the Mississippi River to sell in New Orleans. 
Offutt took a liking to Lincoln and told him that he could work for him in New Salem if he ever decided to venture over that way. So now when Lincoln arrived, Offutt was in competition with another store just 40 feet from his. It was run by a man by the name of William Clary. In the summer of 1831, Clary was selling liquor from his store and doing very well. He charged 12 cents for a drink of brandy, gin, or whiskey, and twice that for his best wine. He developed a good and steady business of local customers and visitors from off the river. When river travelers came up the bluff for a break in their journeys, they were looking for a place to drink a bit and swap tails. So Offutt chose to build his store very close to Clary's, and the two men competed for business. Clary's store was at the top of the bluff, about 40 feet in front of Offutt's store. Travelers had to make a choice between them as to which was the best place to spend their small amount of money. Lincoln had impressed Offutt with his wiry strength. Offutt had seen Abe pick up large barrels of whiskey and other bulky items and carry them off with ease. At six feet four and four inches of height and carrying close to 180 pounds of sinewy muscle, he was a very large man for that time. Offutt was a man who liked to talk a lot. He was very proud of his new helper and boasted to William Clary that Abe was the strongest man he knew. But Clary knew a few strong men as well. They were men of a different temperament than Abe Lincoln, loud and belligerent when the liquor took effect. Wrestling was the best way to determine what a man was made of. The bouts in the thick grass between Clary's store and Offutt's store were a regular occurrence in a true frontier style. The ringleader of the bunch was a rugged farmer from nearby Clary's Grove called Jack Armstrong. Shorter than Lincoln, Armstrong was much thicker and heavier. At age 27, he was five years older than Abe. Little is known about Armstrong's wrestling expertise other than the fact that he was considered the roughest of the gang of young men who resided at Clary's Grove and hung out at the Clary's Tavern. And when we continue more of Mike Chapman's story about Abe Lincoln, here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. And we continue with Our American Stories and Mike Chapman's story, a listener about Abraham Lincoln's wrestling match that became the turning point in his life. Let's continue with Mike Chapman. Within a short amount of time from Lincoln's arrival, a match was brewing, and talk soon reached the point that if either man shied away, he would be branded a coward. Tired of Offutt's boasting, Armstrong eagerly accepted the challenge of wrestling Lincoln. Offutt offered to bet anyone $10 that Lincoln would win. Money, drinks, and various items were soon being wagered all around the village. Finally, the two men, Lincoln and Armstrong, met on the grassy area between the stores to settle the talk. 
as many as 100 men gathered to see the contest, as it was undoubtedly a major source of discussion in the little village and the surrounding area. While Abe had the advantage in height and leverage, Jack had the advantage in experience and attitude. He was undoubtedly a more seasoned grappler and fighter, according to all reports. Now there were several types of wrestling that were engaged in on the frontier. One style was to where the two men agreed to grab a hold on each other and see who could throw who first. What it was, was just a good old fashioned scuffle with each man trying to throw the other to his back and hold him there. It was just two men tugging and pulling each other in an effort to subdue the other. Yes, foot stomping was a frequent tactic as was hair pulling and thumbing of the face. In 1939, a popular movie called Abe Lincoln of Illinois was made from the Pulitzer Prize winning play of the same name written by Robert Sherwood. In this film version of the story, Lincoln, played superbly by Raymond Massey, tangles with Armstrong, played with gusto by Howard De Silva in a wild affair. It was a dramatic version that certainly looked good on film. Many stories have the match ending with Lincoln on his feet looking down at the defeated Armstrong. The Clary's Grove boys, angry at seeing their best man beaten, advanced on Lincoln, shouting at him and raising their fists. An all-out fight appeared imminent. Lincoln supposedly stood with his back against one of the two stores, fists clenched, and declared that he would take them all on one at a time, if necessary. However, Armstrong came to Lincoln's side and told his pals that Lincoln had beaten him fairly and that he had proven that he was worthy of their respect. Boys, Abe Lincoln is the best fellow that ever broke into this settlement, said Armstrong. He shall be one of us. The Clary's Grove boys backed off and Lincoln gained a new status in the little village. He was known from then on as a man not to be trifled with, despite his infectious grin and considered good humor. The fact was, it seemed, that Lincoln could defend himself and he gained immense stature due to his wrestling prowess. So the main thrust of the bout could be described like this. Lincoln didn't really want to wrestle Armstrong because he felt it was building up too much as a fight and not strictly a good-natured contest. But when he saw how everyone was talking about the match and making such a big deal, he knew it was bound to take place eventually. It is estimated today that nearly 15,000 books have been written about Abraham Lincoln more than any other figure in history, with the exception of Jesus Christ. And many of these books talk about Lincoln's contest with Jack Armstrong and its impact on his career. The most thorough discussion of Lincoln's wrestling background comes in the book, Honor's Voice, The Transformation of Abraham Lincoln, written by Douglas L. Wilson in 1999. The book offers an entire chapter, nearly 32 pages, devoted to Lincoln's wrestling prowess appropriately entitled, quote, Wrestling with the Evidence. Here's the key part. Abraham Lincoln's election to the presidency and his eventual elevation to the pantheon of American heroes have transformed his wrestling match with Jack Armstrong from a rowdy initiation rite in an obscure pioneer village into a notable historical event, end quote. Wilson then quotes John T. Stewart who knew Lincoln as well as anyone and brought him into his law firm in Springfield after Lincoln left New Salem. Quote, this was the turning point in Lincoln's life, 
Stewart claimed after the death of his longtime friend talking about the wrestling match. As a fitting end to the New Salem wrestling match story, Lincoln became friends with the Armstrong family and often visited the little cabin in the months after the match with Jack. Jack's wife, Hannah, even knitted some shirts for Abe, and Abe would babysit sometimes, rocking the cradle of their young baby. Lincoln left New Salem after six years and moved to Springfield, where he began his law career. Years later, he even defended Jack's son, Duff Armstrong, in a famous legal case. Jack Armstrong didn't live long enough to see Lincoln win the presidency, dying in 1854 at the age of 50. He is buried in an obscure, out-of-the-way frontier cemetery a mile or two from New Salem, unknown except for his grappling contest with a man who became the 16th President of the United States and arguably the most popular American ever. There are other brief references to Lincoln using his grappling skills after the Armstrong encounter. Some time later, while working in another tiny store in New Salem, a man insulted several women, customers with profane language, and Lincoln asked him to stop. The man persisted and said no one could make him stop. Lincoln challenged him to step outside, flung him to the ground, and stuffed weeds in his mouth until the man surrendered. In August of 1834, while running for the state legislature, Lincoln found the opportunity to show his wrestling skills once again. During that time, he was running for office once again, and this time he was elected to the state legislature. Just as Lincoln was getting ready to speak, a fight broke out in the crowd, and his friend was roughed up. Lincoln jumped off the platform, grabbed his friend's assailant, tossed him a few feet, then strode back to the platform and began his speech. And then there was also a report of Lincoln losing a grappling contest. It occurred during the Black Hawk War years, sometime in the 1831-33 period, and took place in Beardstown, Illinois, a little village about 50 miles west of Dixon. The foe was a man named Lorenzo Dow Thompson, and many years later, in 1860, while running for the presidency, Lincoln himself talked about the struggle in an interview. Lincoln said up to that time he had never been thrown, and neither had Thompson. They squared off, grabbed hold of each other before a large group of soldiers and struggled valiantly. But Lincoln said he was thrown twice, declaring Thompson was strong enough to whip a grizzly bear and the best man he had ever grappled with. And then there's this fascinating tidbit from the Douglas Wilson book, Honor's Voice. He adds that Abe's mother, Nancy Hanks, liked to wrestle and, quote, in a fair wrestle, she could throw most of the men who ever put her powers to the test. So let us conclude with this statement from Wilson's book. Quote, legends by their very nature are not so much factual account as symbolic embodiments or expressions of what the facts represent. In any case, Abe Lincoln's wrestling prowess can best be interpreted as representing Lincoln as a strong, determined, and fearless fellow, ready to take on the task at hand and never shrinking from the ordeal itself. After all, that is what the man known as Honest Abe would want from us. The pure truth, the facts, and nothing else. Abe Lincoln was a wrestler.
And you've been listening to Mike Chapman tell the story of Abe Lincoln, the wrestler. Who knew? Who knew? I didn't. And I've read a lot about Lincoln. And, well, some of the books he cited I have on my desk. I have a stack of Lincoln books I still have to read. And you can never stop reading about Lincoln and Washington and some of these great, almost titanic personalities. Because there's just so much to them. And by the way, Mike spent his life as a newspaper writer and editor in Iowa and also has spent 50 years of his life writing and researching wrestling. He's appeared on A&E Network, ESPN, and the WWE. Abe Lincoln and the wrestling match that became the turning point in his life here on Our American Stories. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower 
power further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. And we continue with our American stories. And up next... We're going to hear from Donna Howard tell the story of her daughter, Cassie, who as a teenager was met with a diagnosis that changed her life. You'll find out where that diagnosis has led Donna to today, to a place where she can help not only her daughter, Cassie, but others under similar circumstances, and all while shedding light on an illness that had kept them in the dark for so many years. I was director of radiology at a hospital here in Mississippi for many, many years. I moved to Arkansas, got married, had three children. And uh, in 1990, Cassie became ill on her 14th birthday. It was a Sunday afternoon. I remember it very well. She came in the kitchen that day and said, the new kids on the block are singing happy birthday to me through the air conditioner. And that was an aha moment. I began to think back and she had been telling me things, and I had not paid attention. I say this, and I don't think people really understand when I say she didn't sleep till she was five years old. And I think now, was she hearing the voices, and that was normal to her? But there were many, many nights we didn't sleep. So um, I called the pediatrician, and I said, we need to talk to you. And so we met him at the emergency room, and after about an hour of him and her talking, he came out and he said, she's got some serious serious issues. She was in and out of hospitals. Then it took a long time to get a diagnosis because a lot of doctors didn't know a lot about schizophrenia. It took us a year. We went out to UCLA to the Neuropsychiatric Institute, and that's where we got our diagnosis of chronic paranoid schizophrenia at age 15. She was having such a hard time that year that I don't think it really resonated with her what chronic paranoid schizophrenia was. She just knew she was she was hearing these voices that were very real to her. It was very scary for her. It was hard to find anybody to treat her. Uh, it was just a nightmare because I couldn't get any help and I couldn't find any peace for her. And I, I also had two other children at home. She went to school until she was in the 10th grade. And I finally took her out because here she was, a quiet, shy little girl sitting over in the corner crying. So uh, after... Six months of them calling me every day. You know, we don't know what to do with her. I finally took her out of school. So I had to stay home and take care of her and educate myself on what to expect and 
how to handle what we were going through. It was an extremely difficult time because you, you didn't talk about it. My family wouldn't talk to me about it. They didn't really understand it. And that's when we decided she needed to get a job that, that might help. And we tried many jobs. And I even paid one place to let her work there. I paid them just to let her come in and clean their equipment just so she'd have something to do. Uh, then she got a job and worked at this grocery store, but the people were not kind to her. They didn't understand her. She was 20 years old. She looked like she should be able to act like a grown woman and make decisions, and she couldn't. And every day she would come home, I hate my job, I hate my job. You know, I don't want to do this. So I was in Nashville shopping with my sister-in-law, and we went into a thrift store, and we got to talking to the owner, and he had opened it to give his daughter a job because she had autism. And we walked out the door, and my sister-in-law looked at me and said, you're going to do that, aren't you? It took me four years. I retired, then I put what retirement money I had into it, and I opened the store here in Oxford. To employ persons living with mental illness in a safe work environment in hopes of helping them achieve independence and self-respect. Cassie was thrilled. She was very excited that she wasn't going to have to work at the grocery store anymore. We started out with two employees. I had started getting donations before I opened the store, and so we had a few things, not a lot, but uh, the first day we opened, a lady stole from me the very first day. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about that. Everything we sell is donated. We don't buy anything. We have to depend on the people in the community to donate. There were lots of paydays on Thursday night, I'd say, Lord, please put the money in the bank because payday's tomorrow and I don't have it. And we always managed to make payroll. I always didn't get paid, but we always managed to pay the employees. It was a real learning process. We really just struggled financially just to get by and keep our doors open. But when the pandemic hit, people were home cleaning out their closets and their attics and their garages. Cassie and I and my niece worked at the store every day just to keep the donations out of the parking lot because people were bringing them in like crazy. Not only did we get all the donations, people learned about us that didn't know about us before. And since then, we are, we're doing really well. Today, we have about 15 employees. It's very rewarding. Most of my employees have been there a long time. I have one young man that's worked with me ever since we opened. He and Cassie were friends when we opened, and they love working there. They do a good job, but it's like a new day every day because just because you told somebody that those go in the floral section one day, the next day you have to tell them again. Sometimes my customers will mistake my employees for being rude, and I'll pull them aside and I'll explain the situation. You know, here's our brochure, this is what we're about. And most of the time, they're very understanding, and then they're apologetic. But we do have people that are just downright rude, and I just say, we are here to give these people a safe work environment where they can feel comfortable, and it's not tolerated, because all we want is to be loved and to be treated with kindness. That's, that's it. They work very hard. Several of them, I have to say, okay, you need to sit down and take a break, because they work hard. The joke around the store is some days when we would be overwhelmed, my niece, who has helped me from the beginning, she would say, would you please quit praying for furniture? Because God always supplies. I knew when I walked out that door in Nashville that that's what he wanted me to do. I didn't have any idea how I was going to do it. 
I had been through so much with Cassie being sick and not being able to work at times, but we never went hungry and we never did without. So I have a pretty strong faith, and I knew that through this he would provide, and he, he has. It's pretty awesome. A dream is open more stores in more cities to help more people because, I mean, I don't know what Cassie would do, and I don't know what the other kids, and I call them kids, they're not kids, they're young adults, but I don't know what they would do if they didn't have a place to go to. I have a young man that came to me. At the time, he couldn't count change, and his confidence just grew and grew as he worked for me, and uh, now he has moved out of his mother's home, has moved to Nashville, and is working at a store, and uh, he's assistant manager, and it just thrills me because Look what he's done. And had he sat at home and not done anything, it would have been such a waste. And uh, it's great to be a part of that. I take no credit for this at all. It's a God thing. He's just using me, and I just, I tell Cassie, I said, some good has come from all the heartache and, and pain that Cassie's had to go through. And a great job on that piece by Madison. And a special thanks to Donna Howard, the founder of Holding Hands Resale Shop, right here in Oxford, Mississippi. And we tell stories from all around the country. And every once in a while, you'll hear stories from right where we live, too. Oxford is a beautiful small town about an hour south of Memphis, Tennessee. And, well, like all communities, we come together when we need to. And my goodness, finding out that your daughter at the age of 14 is diagnosed with chronic Paranoid schizophrenia, that's a tough one. And what do you do about it? Well, Donna, well, she taught us all what to do about it, and she learned about it from someone else in Nashville who taught her what to do about it. A beautiful mother-daughter story, Donna Howard's story, her daughter Cassie's story, too, here on Our American Stories. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating up to eight passengers. Yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Our American Stories, and as you know, we tell stories about everything here on this show. And some of our favorite stories, well, they're about history. And today, Faith brings us some law history from the state of Texas. Take it away, Faith. If you have traveled much to Europe or any other country outside the U.S., you will see history dates from times like the 12th and 13th century. And it soon becomes clear that America is actually a quite young country in comparison. With that being said, we owe much of our jurisprudence, that is, our law systems, to other countries and the people that came from them to the U.S. While the U.S. adopted English common law when becoming its own country, Texas was a bit different when they became a state because of the Spanish influence they had. Two of the laws that the Spanish brought over to Texas greatly impacted women's rights and freedoms. There was a time, unfortunately, not terribly long ago in our history that women could not own property or have any money of their own. If their husband had debts to pay or owed taxes, the family's home could be seized and taken, leaving the wife and children homeless and helpless. To keep this from happening, the Spanish had brought with them their homestead exemption laws. 
to help us unpack this long history of homestead laws, we have Dr. Jean Stuntz, a professor at West Texas A&M University. It starts back in Spain at the fall of the Roman Empire. There were Visigoths who had come down from the Germany area and settled in the Iberian Peninsula during the Roman Empire. And these were Christian because, of course, the Roman Empire was officially Christian. Then when the Roman Empire fell, these Visigoths were left pretty much unprotected and they splintered into very small little sort of kingdoms all over the place. In the year 711, Muslims from northern Africa invaded Spain, going through the Rock of Gibraltar, and very quickly conquered all of these little scattered kingdoms because they couldn't work together to prevent it. And the Muslims went all the way up through uh, Spain, they crossed the Pyrenees and went into France before they were finally stopped. So that was in the year 711. Well, the people living in Spain who were still Christian wanted to take their country back. Well, these guys in Spain would go out and raid the nearest Muslim settlement for women, for jewels, whatever they could find. Gradually, the Christians took over more and more territory until we get to the time of Ferdinand and Isabella when they completely conquer all of the Iberian peninsulas and push the Muslims out. Now, during this time, this seven centuries or so, is when the Spanish legal system developed. And there were towns in Spain, and people lived in towns. They didn't really live out in the countryside. And so you had more artisans and craftspeople there than you might have in other parts of Europe where everybody just made everything themselves. So in Spain, there developed this law, this tradition, that if a man was in debt, you could not take away the tools of his trade. That is, if he was a blacksmith, you could not take his anvil and hammer uh, to pay the taxes, because then how could he raise the money to pay you? How could he survive with his family if you took away the tools of his trade? This became set in stone in Spanish law that no matter how much a man owed, you could not take his home. You could not take the tools of his trade because to do that would be a ruination for his family, uh, that you would have to find some other way for him to pay his debt. And so that's in Spain. And then we know that Columbus came over to the New World and discovered all the people living here already. Uh, And the Spanish gradually moved northward from Mexico and into Texas. And so for the first hundred or so years of when we have documentation of life in Texas, it was Spanish. And this homestead exemption, as the English-speaking people called it, was recognized as something that worked pretty well. And since a lot of the Anglos coming into Texas had left behind a lot of debts uh, back where they came from, they really liked the fact that their land and their cattle and their tools of their trade could not be taken from them to pay their debts. And so when Texas became a republic, and again when it became a state, they adopted this homestead exemption as rule of law in Texas. And this lasted up until the 20th century, late 20th century, uh, when it was modified by the Texas legislature. If the homestead exemption had not been put in place, and then what happened in the rest of what became the United States, Uh, If a man got into too much debt, his land could be seized, his house could be seized, all of his property could be seized, and the family would be turned out penniless, homeless. Uh, And this affected women because married women were not allowed to own their own property. 
uh, under the English common law that the rest of the United States adopted. If a man gambled away his money, it was the women and children who suffered. And of course, women in those days had very little ways of earning money to support themselves, and so the families would fall on desperate times indeed. The other law that Texas had from the Spanish was community property law. This is that whenever there's a husband and wife, anything that is gained in the marriage is split equally between them. And this comes from Spain, because again, with all that sporadic fighting that was going on during those centuries, it became very important for women to have the ability to take care of themselves. And especially as the uh, Christian Spanish slowly took over more and more land, they had to uh, get women to come settle in the new towns that they created. And this was a dangerous area. There was still fighting going on. And so they had to offer the women more and more to get them to move into this dangerous area. So they offered things like, well, if you move to this town, we're going to give women, even married women, the right to own their own bakeries. And the money that they make with their bakeries will belong to them and not their husbands. And so some women said, you know, that makes it worthwhile to move to a dangerous area. And so things like this happened, and women gained more and more rights throughout this reconquest of Spain. And so they also developed the community property system, where, as I said, anything that is gained during the marriage belongs to the husband and wife equally. In the rest of Europe, everything belonged to the husband. The wife owned nothing. She had no legal identity. She could not make a contract, so she couldn't own a business. Uh, she couldn't work for anyone because the husband would own her wages. Even women committing crimes, it was the husband who was punished. So that was in the rest of Europe. But in Spain, women had their own rights and responsibilities. And again, this came to Texas uh, when the Spanish came to Texas. And it was such a good system for living on a frontier that the Texas legislature kind of thought, you know, maybe we like this. And so during the Republic, even though they said in law that they adopted the English common law, people were saying, no, no, the women still have the right to this property. And what is really fun for a historian, not probably for anybody else, but when I was reading the minutes of the Constitutional Convention that would allow Texas to join the United States in 1845, a lot of these delegates were worried about the debts they had left behind in Georgia and Alabama and so forth when they moved to Texas, because Texas was a different country. So the people they owed money to could not touch them in Texas. And so in Texas, they had been given all these huge tracts of land and they were, you know, flourishing and they did not want those people back in Alabama and Georgia to be able to come take their land to pay off their debts. So there was a lot of hesitation about joining the United States because of this, that they did not want to lose their land. But there was a lawyer and he became Chief Justice of the Texas Supreme Court named Hemphill. And he had studied Spanish law, and he was at the convention. And so he made this speech, and he says, you know, if we adopt community property law, like Spain had, then they cannot take your land because half of it belongs to your wife and not to you. And so this hushed silence sort of fell over this convention of men who were anxious to keep hold of their own property. And they said, you know, that might work. 
And so they adopted the community property system to keep their land from going to their creditors. They didn't really care about giving women extra rights or anything because this was the 1840s and they didn't expect women to have any rights. But if they adopted this community property system, then their creditors could not take their land. And so when Texas joined the United States in 1845, it was with community property firmly in place. Homestead exemption and community property laws vary state to state. And the laws originally brought to Texas from the Spanish have been modified in different ways. Although the male lawmakers at the time were not too concerned about women's rights, we can see that these laws in particular greatly impacted women for years to come. And for that, we can thank the Texans. And a special thanks to Dr. Jean Stunts from West Texas A&M University, who gave us the history and the story behind the story of where that law came from. Great storytelling. And by the way, all of our stories about history are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College. The story of the Texas homestead exemption laws here on Our American Stories. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit 
visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.